Let's talk a little bit about uh, Christmas and what it means. Uh, did you know that the average American family this year, if you bought a real tree, $83.89? Wow. Uh, that's a real tree, $118 for an artificial one. On average, $6.1 billion we spend on trees every year. Uh, last Christmas, at the height of the pandemic, retail sales actually rose 8.3%, which was a really surprise. Uh, $789 billion in uh, retail sales. About 61% of us expect to receive a present we dislike. <laughs> it's about 154 million of us going to have an unwanted present. <laughs> and about 150 million of us say nothing. <laughs> According to Gallup, the average American family will spend $886 on Christmas gifts, and this year, about 56% of those will be purchased online, 56%. On average, we spend about 15 hours shopping for Christmas gifts, 15 hours. Now, this is really interesting. On average, women spend 20 hours, and men about 10. Uh, that's where the 15 comes from. Probably doesn't surprise you, ladies, does it? Um, isn't it interesting? We spend so much money, expend so much effort and energy to celebrate. Whose birthday are we celebrating again at Christmas? Tell me. Yeah, it's the birthday of Jesus, and yet we're all caught up in getting stuff for everyone but the one who's really the reason for the season. We're going to spend uh, the next several minutes examining the purpose, the real meaning of Christmas. Uh, I think this is where we should be putting our energy and our attention to be directed in Christmas season 2021. So our goal today, we're going to set the table as we begin uh, uh, looking from God's word at Christmas. We're going to hope that Christmas 2021, you can enjoy a purpose-driven Christmas. In other words, genuine purpose, meaning is from the one who actually created Christmas. Okay, So we're going to find our source today as someone who actually knew and met and befriended and became intimate with the creator of Christmas, Jesus Christ. Okay, So locate with me in your Bible or on your phone the book of 1 John. 1 John uh, is right now toward the end. You've got Revelation all the way to the right. Then you've got Jude, 3 John, 2 John, 1 John. 1 John was written by the Apostle John, who also wrote the Gospel of John. John was a fisherman on the Sea of Galilee when Jesus called him, come follow me. And John literally dropped his nets and followed Jesus. And uh, John's life was totally transformed. He was a new man. He was all in. So here's the question. How can we, 2021, 
establish a purpose-driven Christmas. First John chapter 1, we're going to read the first four verses of this uh, small book, but powerful. Uh, if you're able, would you stand with me? Let's read out loud together. First John 1, verses 1 to 4. Ready? Here we go. We proclaim to you the one who existed from the beginning, whom we've heard and seen. We saw him with our own eyes, touched him with our own hands. He is the word of life. The one who is life itself was revealed to us, and we've seen him. And now we testify and proclaim to you that he is the one who is eternal life. He was with the Father, and then he was revealed to us. We proclaim to you what we ourselves have actually seen and heard, so that you may have fellowship with us. And our fellowship is with the Father and with his Son, Jesus Christ. We are writing these things so that you may fully share our joy. Let's pray. Lord, thanks for uh, not keeping joy a secret. <laughs> thanks for sharing with us where real, true, lasting joy comes from. Uh, I'm asking, Lord, that you'll help us to get started Christmas 2021 with the real meaning and the real purpose of Christmas. Lord, the truth is we live in a really busy, loud, distracting world. And sadly, Lord, we get all caught up in what this world calls Christmas, and we forget who this holiday is really all about. So would you help us? And Lord, I, I just want to pray even right now, because some of my friends have had a really bad and challenging and painful year. So the truth is, Lord, some of us here today aren't feeling very merry or cheery. Their hearts are heavy. Their minds are troubled. Some are even feeling discouraged and sad and all alone. So, Lord, I'm grateful we as a family can run boldly together into your throne room of grace. And I'm asking, Lord, as we come running, that you'll give us all the good stuff that only your grace and your mercy and your comfort and your strength can bring to our lives. So rain down everything we need. Some of my friends are hurting and struggling, and we really need uh, to keep running boldly every day into your throne room. Come this morning, Lord. We welcome Jesus. You, you come take charge today because this is your church. We welcome you today into this church family. And all the church family at Walloon Lake, here in person, those watching online, said with one united voice, Amen. you can be seated. The first meaning of Christmas is this. Okay, ready? Christmas is meant to be boldly historical. Why don't you say that with me? Christmas is meant to be boldly historical, meaning the manger, the cross, the empty tomb, those just aren't fables or, or ancient myths. The story of Jesus actually happened 
in history. That's huge. That's huge. The second person, think with me, the second person of the Trinity, Jesus Christ, was in the glory and splendor of heaven and God the Father said, it's time, go. And Jesus became God with human flesh and that's an historical event. Look back at what you just read with me. Verses one and two. John writes, we proclaim to you the one who existed from the beginning, whom we've heard and we've seen. We saw him with our own eyes. We've touched him with our own hands. He's the word of life. This one whose life itself was revealed to us, and we've seen him. <laughs> and now we testify and proclaim to you that he is the one who's eternal life. He was with the Father, and then he was revealed to us. John is shouting. He's proclaiming. Uh, you can almost see he's over the moon excited to tell us, hey, this is huge. Uh, the second person of the Trinity has exited his throne and now he's here on earth and he's taken on a human body. And, and he wants us to understand he's an eyewitness. I, I was there. Uh, this stuff is real and true and authentic, or you could say it this way, it's historical stuff. I'm an eyewitness to Jesus. And he, and he just lists it out. Look at it. He says, I heard the voice of Jesus with my very own ears. I saw the body of Jesus with my own eyes. I touched the body of Jesus with my own hands. So I, I just want you to know, I was there. I used all my senses. And he really is an historical person. It, it really happened just the way I'm writing about He's telling us in strong and bold terms, eternal life has taken on human form. Got that? Eternal life, God with skin on, second person of the Trinity, has willingly confined himself to flesh and blood and time and history. This, this is God with skin on, willingly allowed himself to be born in a manger. Can you think of it? Okay, uh, John is saying here, I've experienced this Jesus firsthand. He's real, and it really happened. Now, the early readers of the New Testament understood the significance of John's words. Okay, They understood the implications. They would understand when he's saying these things, oh yeah, I get exactly what you're saying they knew John's message was either the greatest hoax in all of history, this is the biggest fraud, the most massive lie ever told in all of history. That's one option. Or this Jesus stuff is real and true and authentic and historical with actual uh, eyewitnesses to what exactly happened. Okay? It's, either one, it's either real, true, historical, exactly how John tells it, or it's a huge fraud. Uh, the biggest lie in all of history. I quote Pastor Tim Keller. Uh, he's retired pastor, Redeemer Church, New York City. Uh, wrote The Reason for God. Um, if you're interested in digging deep, one of the best books there are. Here's what he says. If they are lies, 
They're some of the stupidest lies ever made. Here's why. These accounts were written down within the lifetime of the people who were still there. If you're going to write that 500 people saw Jesus risen from the dead in the Kidron Valley, and that's exactly what 1 Corinthians 15, 6 says, you wouldn't write it down 40 or 50 years later like the Gospels were written. You'd wait and you'd write it down 100 or 200 years later when everyone who lived in the Kidron Valley at that time was already dead. If you falsely write that 500 people saw Jesus in the Kidron Valley and lots of those people are still living in the Kidron Valley who were there at the time, you're never going to have a religion that gets off the ground. But it did get off the ground <laughs> because they wrote these accounts and they never were contradicted. You understand? It wrote it down while they were still living and nobody contradicted it. Why? Because he really is alive. And they saw him and they touched him and they heard him. The point of Christmas is that Jesus Christ really lived. Do you understand? That's huge. He really did these things. He really said these things. He was seen. He was heard. He was touched. He was a living person. God took on skin. Christmas, point number one, is boldly historical. Okay? So that's where you want the gospel facts are historical facts. Jesus really did come and take on human form. That's point number one. Point number two is this. Christmas is an invitation to know Jesus Christ personally. Why don't you say that with me? It's point number two. Christmas is an invitation to know Jesus Christ personally. Say it one more time because about half of you didn't get there. Okay, here we go. Christmas is an invitation to know Jesus Christ personally. Look at verses three and four. We proclaim to you what we ourselves have actually seen and heard so that you may have fellowship with us. Koinonia is the word there. And our koinonia is with the Father and His Son, Jesus Christ. We're writing these things so that you may fully share our joy. John is telling us, why is he writing this letter we call First John? Because he doesn't want to keep the best thing he's ever experienced to himself. Trying to say, it would be so selfish for me to hold this in. I want everyone everywhere to enjoy what I found. And what I found is the best thing in life. Now that's huge. It is. Okay. John said, I have found fellowship. Look at the word. I have found fellowship with Jesus Christ. I've discovered koinonia, friendship closeness, intimacy, connection with God himself, okay? John is sharing this with us so that we too might fully share the joy of having a close, personal friendship relationship. Look what he says. I want you to have that koinonia with God the Father and with God the Son, Jesus Christ. So let's just pause for a moment, okay? John, it comes out of the gate strong. He's, he's excited, he's passionate, 
He's enthusiastic, Henry, to tell us the best thing in life is to know Jesus personally. That's the best part of life, okay? To experience an intimate, growing, daily connection with God with skin on, that's what real life is all about. That's where real joy is found. The creator, the sustainer of the universe says, I want to have a friendship with you, okay? Christmas is an invitation by God to each of us saying, look, look what I've done. I've come near to you. I've come near. I've taken on human form and I've come to know you and you can know me and you can have an intimate relationship with me. I've sent my son, Jesus Christ, the father says, to live the life that you and I should have lived, right? I've sent my son, Jesus Christ, to die the death that you and I should have died. Now, by faith, I'm inviting you, draw near, draw near, draw near to Jesus. He wants to know you personally and be your forever friend. Look at verse four, look at it again. He says, to know God, to know the Father and his Son, Jesus Christ, personally, is to know complete joy. How many of you want joy in your life? Can I see your hands? Looking around. Okay. I don't see anybody that doesn't have a hand. We all want to have joy. We all want to have joy going on. And here's, here's the answer, okay? If you know Jesus personally, intimately, that's where complete joy is found. No other, we're, we're looking all over, we're looking all over. Well, surely if I buy this, well, surely if I go to this place, or surely if I have this person as my friend, and we just keep looking, 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 and I'm telling you, look at me, verse 4. Real, complete, lasting joy is only found in knowing and walking and staying connected to Jesus. Okay? Nothing missing. When you know and are walking with Jesus, okay? Being a Christian is not about rules and regulations. Being a Christian is not even about worship music or preachers. Being a Christian is not about angels or demons, okay? Being a Christian at core is being a follower of Jesus, daily growing fellowship a personal friendship with the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. That's what he's talking about. A daily alive connection with the second person of the Trinity is available. And that's what he wants us to know. Don't miss this. this he's coming right out of the gate here in 1 John. Now here's the rub. Are you ready? Currently in America, USA, 60 to 70% of Americans claim to be Christians, okay? That's down from 85% in 1990, okay? So 60 to 70% of Americans say, oh yeah, I'm a Christian. Yeah, uh, I'm one of those. Um, so two out of three Americans would say, yeah, I believe in Jesus, sure, yeah. Yes, I believe he lived a sinless life. Sure, he died on a Roman cross between two thieves. Sure, I'm good with that. Yes, he was put in a borrowed tomb. I'm even okay to say that early Sunday morning, yeah, he rose from the dead. Yeah, yeah, I believe those facts, I agree. Um, 
The problem with that, James 2 and verse 19 tells us, you say you have faith, for you believe there's one God, good for you. Even the demons believe this. Even, the, even Satan's demonic armies believe those facts, and they tremble in terror. Why do they tremble? Are you ready? Because they know that's not saving faith. That's demonic faith. That's just, that's the same faith the demons have, okay? They, they believe, but that's where it ends. Um, you remember a guy named Hamilton before the musical? He, he's on a $10 bill, okay? Um, one of the first people I had the privilege of leading to Christ, um, I, I brought my friend, Mr. Hamilton, uh, and, and we talked, and uh, I kept hammering the facts. Do you believe Jesus left the glory of heaven? Yes, I believe that. Do you believe he took on human form, lived a sinless life? And he said, yeah, I believe that. Do you believe that he took our place on the cross? Yes, I do. Do you believe he shed his blood for your greatest problem, your sinner and so on? Yes. Do you believe he went into the grave? Yes, I believe those facts. And he looked at me, he said, Jeff, I've believed those since catechism days. Ever since I was in catechism class, uh, I believe those facts. But here's the truth. Nothing ever changed. Nothing changed. I'm still the same lost, sad, selfish, sinning jerk. It didn't take. And that's what he was telling me back. He's saying, it didn't take. I, I believe, and I, and I believed it way back in catechism days, um, but it didn't take. It didn't work for me. So that's where Mr. Hamilton came out. And I said, um, this, this is a $10 bill do you believe this money is real money? And he said, yeah, I believe that. Do you believe that I want to give you this money as a gift? And at first he said, I'm not sure. And then I said, I really do. I want to give you this money as a gift to you from me. And I kept saying, I'm going to give you this money. And he said, okay, I believe you're going to give me this money. I said, so what's going to have to happen for you to accept this gift? And he said, um, I think I'm going to have to actually take the money from your hand and put it in my pocket. And I said, that's exactly what's going to have to happen. Okay, You're going to have to take the money, the gift, and make it yours. And the light bulb went on. <laughs> and it clicked. And he said, I, I get it. I've been holding up the dollar. Yes, I believe that's money. Yes, I believe that's Hamilton on there. But until I actually take it and receive it into my life, it's not mine. And that gentleman suddenly, I get it. 1 Corinthians 15.1 says this, This gospel that you believed... And he's saying, yes, I believe. Since catechism days, I've been believing that. But then it says, this gospel that you have received. See the difference? Okay. Uh, the demons believe, but they've never received. They've never opened the door of their lives 
and invited Jesus in, okay? Uh, you got to receive Jesus into your life. You have to open the door of your heart and your mind, receive Jesus as Savior, King, Boss, Friend. That's where the new relationship begins. Do you understand? It's not enough just to believe the facts. Then you have to receive Jesus as your Savior and Lord. Yes, Jesus is historical, okay? Literal, verifiable facts attested to by over 500 witnesses. Got to believe that, okay? Yes, I believe. Uh, you did leave the glory and splendor of heaven, took on human form, sinless life, took my place on the cross, shed your blood, took my place in the grave, arose from the dead. Those are the facts, verifiable historical. But that's not where it ends. <laughs> now he's a person to be invited in. Jesus, I believe those, I believe you did that for me. And now on the basis of those facts, I open the door of my life and I invite you in. Come on in, be my king. And that's where the relationship begins. Do you understand? That's where koinonia can start uh, going beyond just being historical, Jesus. Now you're my savior, my friend, my king, my Lord. Okay? Christmas is all about the greatest gift ever offered in history. And then it's about receiving the greatest gift, Jesus Christ, which starts this enjoying, joy-filled friendship with the creator and the savior of the cosmos. Here's what you need to know. That's the real meaning of Christmas. That's what Christmas is all about. It's believing, yeah, you really factually did come to earth, but then moving beyond, and now I'm going to enjoy this relationship with you, Jesus, because that's where real life and real joy is found. That's the real meaning of Christmas. That's where we can begin a purpose-driven Christmas 2021. Bow your heads, shut your eyes as we close. And I just want to say thank you, Lord, for sending your son to earth to become God with skin on, to live the life we should have lived, and then Jesus willing to die the death that we should have died. And we praise you for offering us eternal life through a personal relationship with your son, Jesus. So as we close, I need to ask, is it possible you're here today, but you've been one of those 60 to 70% of Americans who say, yeah, I'm a Christian. I, I suppose I believe those facts about Jesus. Have you ever gone beyond that? 1 Corinthians 15, 1 says, you don't just believe, but you got to receive. You have to accept, grab a hold of Jesus and invite him into your life. Jesus, come take charge. Be my king, my boss, my Lord. Maybe you're here, maybe you're watching online and you're thinking, you know what? I, I don't know that I've actually reached out and received Jesus into my life. Today, you can open the door of your life by faith and invite Jesus in. 
And I promise you, that's the best part of life. Did you know that? Real life, real joy begins when Jesus is ruling and reigning and his fruit and his spirit are alive. That's real life. And if you're one of those 60 to 70% of Americans that you stopped at the facts and you didn't go beyond, let me help you. Yes, the gospel is based on historical facts. It's true. And you need to believe those facts for you. Jesus, I believe you left the glory, the splendor of heaven. You took on a human body. You lived a sinless life. Therefore, you qualify uniquely alone to be the sinless Lamb of God. I believe that. I believe you died the death I should have died. You died on the cross for me. You shed your blood for my sin problem. You took my place in the tomb. And Jesus, I believe early Sunday morning, you didn't stay dead. You arose. You defeated sin and Satan and death. And Jesus, I believe you did that for me. But you can't stop there. And right now, by faith, Jesus, I choose to invite you in. I open the door of my life and I receive you, Jesus, as my Savior, my King, my boss, my forever friend. Take charge now. I choose now to begin a new life, a friendship, a koinonia relationship with you starting right now. If you're here in person, make your way over to the prayer corner. <laughs> we'll rejoice with you. We'll help you get off, uh, get stronger in that koinonia relationship. If you're watching online, hit that prayer button and we'd love to pray with you. And we'll even send out to you some resources so you can get going on that relationship with Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for uh, inspiring John to write down what he experienced. Thank you for the real-life eyewitness that he was. Uh, and thank you for your word, which is quick and powerful and alive. And Lord, help us uh, this Christmas season, not just to go through the motions. Help us, Lord, to focus on your son, Jesus, and walk daily with him. Because that's where real, meaningful joy comes from. We love you. It's in Jesus' name we pray all these things. Amen.